When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything is Black and White Podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, today joined by Chris Woff, and it is the first podcast to come after the final game of the season, which of course Newcastle United won 3-0. It was a brilliant performance. We'll briefly analyse that game, just briefly, and of course the uh, statement from Ayashi, which came after, which kind of a little bit stole the uh, gloss, shall we say, off a great team performance. And then after that, Chris and I will analyse the Newcastle United squad players who took part this season and grade them from A to F and look at some of the key performers from um, the whole of the season. Of course, Mike Ashley, Rafa Benitez and Lee Charlie and rate how they did as well. Uh, hello, Chris. Welcome. Hello. Hello, everyone. End of the season. Finally here. Uh, been a bit of a long last few weeks, but ended in the right way in the end. So that was, was great to see on Sunday. Wonderful performance and really was the best, before, uh, best performance in the crowd of the season, best atmosphere of the season and reminiscent of the last two final days of the season Newcastle are making a bit of a habit of saving the best to last let's see kind of said it after the My United victory that it was the perfect advert for any potential buyer and on Sunday it was a, it was another good showing of what Newcastle United could be when everyone's pulling the same direction you had an amazing banner at the start an amazing atmosphere throughout a team who looked like they were the ones Newcastle looked like they were the ones going for Champions League and not Chelsea um, of course, great manager, great spine of young players. I mean, it was an all-rounded uh, performance on and off the pitch. Yeah, it's a good job, really, that it was a good advert for a new owner because the current one wasn't even there. So, he hasn't been to James's Park all season, hasn't seen them play since the last day of last season when he celebrated with the Championship Trophy. But going on to read the positive side of it, I mean, Newcastle from the first to the last minute were brilliant. Has to be noted that Chelsea were awful, but... That shouldn't take anything away from Newcastle because I think the way that Newcastle went at them, the intensity they showed, and we spoke to Jamal ourselves after the game and he said that the game plan was ruffle them up, get into them early, make sure you're high intensity from the first minute. And they just showed that they weren't interested with the FA Cup coming up this weekend. Seemingly, Conde looks to have maybe lost a bit of sway in that dressing room as well. The players didn't really look like they were were that bothered. Hazard looked like he was playing at 60%, if that and Newcastle capitalising were brilliant I thought Shelby completely dominated and controlled the game probably his best performance of the season Diarmi was excellent again absolutely everywhere and really showed up the, the best defensive midfielder from the last three years in the Premier League in, in Angola Kandy uh, I thought that Richie buzzed around showed energy Lejeune and Lascelles were very good in defence and Gaila think for the, for the 50 minutes he was on the pitch did also did very very well so all round a brilliant performance Dubravka obviously with two huge saves and um, just the way Benitez set them up and then delivered and you could see he enjoyed himself on the touchline not very often you see him smiling and smirking during the game but he was really enjoying it and a real party atmosphere before the game he had the flags then during the game itself the obviously chance about Benitez but also I think my favourite moment in the entire game was I almost missed the third goal being scored live because Dubravka just pulled off the wonderful save from Barkley 
and I was looking across because he was clapping to all four corners of the ground because I was singing his name. Then I look to the right, Shelby whips the ball in the back post, Lejeune hits it back across and Perez scores. So it showed that even at that stage in the game, Newcastle basically knew it was won and the goalkeeper was able to applaud the crowd. I think when you saw Isaac Hayden taking on a, the defender and bombing down the right wing, you knew it was going to be an excellent day. Um, how was Benitez after? Because we all know what happened after. But before that statement in between the final whistle and... And that statement coming out, you would have been in the press conference with him. Uh, did he give anything away? I wouldn't say he gave too much away. I think he reiterated the point you made on Friday that it's different now to what it was two years ago that he was so proud of the atmosphere and it, it, it did mean a lot to him with fans singing his name and chatting his name. But now it's not just about letting his heart rule his head. He needs to, to know there is going to be progress going forward. He needs something substantive. But he also keeps saying that it's different as well because I've got a year left on my contract. And I think what he means by that is that it doesn't necessarily need to be sorted right now. I'm not necessarily going to commit my future until I know something. So in theory, I have another year. It's not that I have to sign right now. Um, but he was clearly moved by the audience that he received and then the, the applause that, that him and the players received. But for him, he doesn't want to be in this position again next year where it is celebrating a 10th place finish he wants to be pushing higher securing that top half of the table and maybe pushing for European football or even a cup if he can but he needs to know the club share those ambitions and he hasn't been convinced of that as of yet Graham we'll not talk too much because I feel like there is very little that we can say other than we, we kind of know what Benitez wants we know what he's waiting on but the statement from Mike Ashley uh, on one hand very positive that he's come out and said something publicly on the other hand it doesn't really uh, reveal much as we take the situation forward either you know the, him stopping at the club Benitez's future the transfer plans it was I mean was it a clever piece of PR did, or did it steal the gloss I mean what's your analysis it probably did steal the gloss but I don't think we necessarily criticise that but look we say Mike Ashley should communicate a lot more than he does so when he does communicate we can't just dismiss whatever he does out of hand regardless of the fact it was a carefully constructed PR statement as it was it was very similar to one issued a year ago I found it almost passive aggressive in parts the bit about uh, the media portraying him as some sort of pantomime villain and also the championship, uh, the championship squad. squad which I thought almost was derogatory in itself that he would make that statement because I think a lot of people even the players at Newcastle recognised that they needed extra players in there and it was almost spiteful and saying I was, I was proven right in that regard did it say anything more? Well, I think that Alan Shearer summed it up when he said copy and paste job. It was the same as it was 12 months previously. If Mike Ashley is going to give Benitez every penny the club generates, first of all, we don't even know what that means. We don't. We haven't seen the account team from last year, and mind how much they've got this year, so we don't know how much money is there. Um, and Benitez and fans, what they want is substantive action. They don't just want words anymore. They want action going forward. I mean, in the last couple of days, we have had sort of developments in the Benitez has spoken to the press out in Italy and out in Spain, and he said that Newcastle are the only club he's talking to, suggested that he does want to stay, said today that uh, there are a lot of good reasons to stay, there's a lot of positives that would keep him at, at Newcastle, but they're not close to, to, to finalising any agreement just yet. So things are starting to move, but... Really, I think that Mike Ashley and Benitez need to speak directly rather than just through statements and uh, and whatnot. Benitez was brief that there was going to be a statement, but I think that he needs to put his questions to Mike Ashley face to face rather than just via Lee Charming. 
Fantastic. And just finally, before we get on to the main point of the podcast, which is rating the, uh, the Cast United squad from this season, Kennedy posted on Instagram, kind of saying, oh, thank you for this chapter, my, my career, my, my life's not... The exact words for chapter was mentioned. Uh, the end of the road for Kennedy, would you, do you see that message is that's it, or do you think he might be open to a return? I think he is open to a return. I think he's keeping his options fully open, so he doesn't know where his future lies yet. He's going to explore and see what's out there. Newcastle haven't made a firm move from yet. They've made it clear Chelsea are going to be interested, but Benitez doesn't know how much money he's going to have yet. We don't even know 100% that Benitez is going to be in charge, although I think he will be. And so Newcastle are waiting to see what happens at Chelsea as well in terms of their manager. So I don't think it's necessarily done and dusted, but as Benitez has already said, it's going to be a difficult deal to do. And I think that if that one does happen, it'll probably be a month or two down the line before anything will be finalised in that regard. I don't expect that one to be sewn up early whereas I would very much expect Dubravka to be done soon I'm told that Newcastle are very keen on doing it uh, it's just a case of basically they want to finalise talks with Benitez first then get that wrapped up and, and that's where we'll start we'll start with Martin Dubravka obviously arrived in January um, deadline day missed the first game was installed the Man United game had a fantastic um, debut and has looked he's gone from strength to strength really ever since Hoping the loan deal can be made permanent within the next few weeks. I mean, first of all, what are your impressions of Dubravka and, and you know how his Newcastle United career has gone this far? Well, in terms of grades, I've given him an A. Uh, I think he's been exceptional. There was Newcastle scouted him heavily for a good couple of months, and I was told that that there were it was got to a stage where they were so impressed with him, they wondered why at the age of twenty nine he'd not been picked up by a big club before. So. They actually had concerns at that stage because they were thinking there must be something not quite right here. He's been around and he'd won this, uh, the league in Slovakia several times. He'd gone to Sparta Prague just that last summer, played for Slovakia just for a couple of years. But so Newcastle had seen him and thought they knew it was a calculated gamble because he had to translate what he was doing there into the Premier League. And he's hit it with flying colours. He's looked like he's been in the Premier League for years, comfortable in possession, which has given them a new dimension so vocal when I was out in Spain you could hear everything he says and that has given a reassurance to the defences to Lascelles and several other players have made clear throughout distribution very good and saves he's made at crucial times I just think he's instilled a confidence and a calmness in everyone and for £4 million or it'll be about close up to £6 million to include the initial loan fee even for that I think it will be an absolute bargain to sign him up Rob Elliott um, obviously you know he's very home here in Newcastle uh, 16 appearances this season obviously had his injury problems last season uh, your grade first of all I've given him a C plus um, I think he started the season very well when Newcastle went through the good spell early on when they won three games in a row I think he did well he made some important saves and then I think it was the Watford game really where he started to fall a little bit out of favour I don't think necessarily controlled dominated the box as Benitez wanted I don't think he was as vocal as Benitez wanted and from then on he, he's gone out of the picture a little bit and he's now seemingly third choice goalkeeper but for the contribution he had before he fell out of the team I think that he does deserve a positive grade So, and the fact that he is such a positive influence behind the scenes a senior figure I think he deserves a C plus Importance for this summer for the likes of Freddie Woodman when they do come uh, Freddie Woodman come back in the mix and the other young keepers about to have someone of Rob Elliott's experience even if he's necessarily not going to be you know, first team goalkeeper yeah, he, very much so, and also just the the understanding and connection he has. I mean, we know about the elite academy that him and the other players have set up. He's very rooted in this area. He loves living up here, and he is he was one of the positive 
voices in that dressing room, even when Newcastle were going through really tough times two years ago. He's one of the players who was def- dependable and spoke up for the area and had a real passion for it. And I th- still think, I still hope he has a future at Newcastle, albeit probably likely to be back up going forward, although I'm sure he'll want to push back into the team if possible. And on to Carl Darlow, you know, nearly left in the summer. Probably, you could be fair to say that there's a good chance he's going to leave this summer. Um, but again, another positive person to have around the dressing room. I know you've well, spoken to him at the uh, and the Newcastle United Foundation, Dylan. Again, he, he kind of understood okay, it might not be in the first team plans, but not a troublemaker. He's quite happy to, to, to train and hope, well, you would like to obviously push yourself back into the first team picture. But all in all, a good person to have around the dressing room. Yes, very much so. Um, I've given Carl Dollar a B minus in terms of whether he'll be here this summer. I think there is a reasonable chance he'll leave, although Newcastle would like to extend his contract. But if they do, then Dollar wants some reassurances on that regard. I mean, as you say, he looked destined to leave last summer, was very, very close to signing for Middlesbrough, as my understanding, didn't happen. Um, but he actually got ahead of Elliot for the gloves for a period which was impressive because Benitez had never really been convinced of him even during the whole championship campaign but got ahead of uh, Elliot sorry for a while in it, between the sticks and even though he's, he's found himself second fiddle to Bravka from all the reports that I hear from behind the scenes they've been really impressed with the way he's been training since uh, has arrived and he's improved other all-round parts of his game and that's why Newcastle are receptive to giving him a new contract if he's willing to stay but as I say he may look for First team football, but I think B B minus is a decent grade for. Grand on to the defence. We'll, we'll start with the four who've largely made the defence the role. We'll start with Gianna Yedlin, right back. Uh, obviously, brilliant attacking wise. Really has improved in Benitez's defensive. He's he's the first to admit that Benitez has improved his his defensive game. A, a good season for the American fullback. He has. I mean, he started the season out of the team because he was injured, and then when he came back. Uh, first half of the season fits and starts going forward did well but second half of the season really has improved and in some games his defensive work's almost been better than his attacking work but you still know in away games that he can be the one who can maraud forward down the right and whip crosses in the box so I've, I've given him a B I think he has had a decent season has improved defensively and actually is someone I can now see I thought that he would just be a bit part almost a stopgap this season but I think he certainly could be part of the squad going forward and maybe even can hold himself in, into a first team player still going forward yeah, I spoke to him a few weeks ago and what was refreshing was I asked him about competition and of a new right back which is more than likely is going to have to come in if Gamers leaves and we know Manquillo isn't exactly the, the standard that you'd want in the Premier League no offence to Manquillo we'll get on to him in just a second but Yedlin was like yeah you know, I need competition it drives me forward and proves me if there's no one there to, to push me essentially you know, I uh, the development I've had kind of goes backwards in a way. So it's refreshing here that from 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 Yedlin. It is, and I think you, when you speak to a lot of Newcastle players, they make the same point. It's they realise that Benitez wants competition, not just not as if just to fall some of that with the club, but also to raise levels because he wants to to make them all better. He wants to improve them, and he wants it so that he's got a squad of twenty five players, essentially two in every position, and and therefore he can just easily move people in and out if necessary. And, and we'll we'll go on to Manquillo, um, because obviously he's filled in there right back. Uh, but it's clear that Benitez kind of just brought him because he was a body. He needed bodies in the in the summer. That was one of the players he brought in. Um, your your grade? I've given him a D plus. I feel a little bit harsh to a certain extent, 
But I just think if you look at this, it's the third English club he's been at and he's really struggled at all three. Covered him when needed early in the season. I felt sorry for him because he's playing left back a lot and even though he can cover in there, he's right foot and it's a very difficult position. It's very difficult to defend on your wrong foot. Um, but it's just def- he's all right going forward. Actually, at Watford, I thought he played well going forward, but defensively, he's just at times all over the place. His positioning isn't very good at all. And, and I'd be surprised if he's here next season, unless it's for the fact that Newcastle maybe can't move in now enough bodies because he's going to have to do quite a lot of work. But I can't see him featuring much next season. Uh, I mean, I would ask for your grade on Gamez, but it's fair I've, to say. I've given Gamez a grade. I would like to know how. I've given I've given every every person who uh, made a first a Premier League appearance a grade. I've given Gamers an A minus. I uh, think that's been a half decent at performance at Swansea City prevents him from getting an F. But I'd say that largely he spent two years at Newcastle uh, picking up just a, a decent pay packet for not doing that much. Um, I think Benitez was saw a little bit of a dud on it. I think people in Spain convinced him that. Gamers had a little bit more to offer than maybe it turned out he did in the end. I think injuries and lack of fitness and whatnot have really cost him over the last two years and it hasn't worked out that well. Lovely beard though. Well, yes, and like some match day tweet as well, which I'm sure fans will miss going forward. On to the centre backs. Uh, now we'll start with Jamal Lasalle. I mean, he'll be the kind of the. He, he's been so important, especially during the, the tough times of uh, the, the kind of late autumn and early winter. I mean, he's going to miss out on the England squad. I think that's pretty much a given. Well, Mick Quinn um, thinks he should go. Mick Quinn has been flying the flag, I think, uh, for, for all season for Lascelles. Brilliant, though, not just on the pitch, but leadership uh, off the pitch, you know, in the community. Uh, just an all-rounded person who seems to really get what the club embodies to the to the people. Yeah, I've given him a plus. He's my player of the season. I voted for him. When we did our play of the season a few weeks ago, which I have an issue with, we do with that early. But anyway, that, that's that's by the by. Um, I just think that you look at some of the other players and they performed so well in 2018. But Lascelles consistently since the start of the season has, has been very very good. Newcastle are a better team when Lascelles is in it. We saw the defensive record improve immensely, particularly in the first half of the season when Lascelles was playing. He's still only 24, attracted interest from everywhere because. He's improving as a defender, but also as a captain. He's Benitez's on-field, on-pitch voice. Benitez knows how to get his message to the players via Lascelles. Lascelles is speaking well on and off the pitch. I spoke to him, stood around for a good five minutes chatting to him after the game on on Sunday and really has take, grown into that leadership role. I, I was sceptical when he first got it. I thought he'd come out and do a little bit, but I just didn't know how far he could grow into that role, but I think he really has embraced it. And, he stepped up to the challenge when needed and I just think that the fact that he started the season out of the team yet quickly established himself as first choice again just shows uh, how well he's come on over the last two years and I still think there's some progress to go as well. He's been quite vocal, he's again you know, that player who's come out and said look if I was Mike Ashley I'd be handing the the, the checkbook to, to Rafa Benitez, I mean if someone comes in for a bid uh, it's, and Benitez isn't there, do you think I mean, we were obviously speaking hypothetically because there's a long way to go and Benitez is most likely going to be here in the summer, but his future is, is, is a question. Yeah, I think his future is inextricably tied to that of Benitez's. I think if Benitez is here next season, I think the likelihood is that Lascelles will be. He's tied down to 2023, but we know his wages aren't huge compared to what some of the big clubs could offer. They're going to be looking at him because he's an English qualified centre-back. There aren't many of those around. I mean, we know we have quarters you've got to meet in certain Premier League games. So I think that 
there will be interest and, and it's key that Benitez stays because otherwise Lascelles, I think his head could be turned. It's interesting because when you asked him about Benitez on Saturday, not only did he on Sunday, sorry, not only did he say that he would uh, do everything in his power if he was the owner to keep Benitez, he also said that we as players, we hang on every word Benitez gives us. We know we're sitting there to Rafa Benitez, he's the boss, he's the one with experience, he's won titles everywhere. We know that if we listen to him, we'll improve as players. And clearly, he's had a, Benitez has had a huge effect on him. And I think that if Benitez is here come the start of the season, as I expect he will be, then I think Lascelles will be too. How important is it, you know, that he is that vocal? We saw in the Stephen Clavin, you know, when he set off against Everton, you know, shouted that no one cares, and went to I think it was it was against Southampton or Watford, where he took the interview and said, you know, the players, yeah. a lot of players haven't stepped up. And he has, I guess, been quite vocal against, maybe not against, against is the wrong word, but he has been vocal maybe in support of Benitez in the battle, which has been at the boardroom. I mean, how important is that? Do you, I mean, first of all, is that, how important is that to the clubs, to the fans to see that? And how do you think the hierarchy see that? I think it is very important to the fans because I think that was the criticism Colchini took for a good few years is that he really wasn't communicative enough. He didn't seem to take on that role as captain. You are the spokesman for the players regardless whether you want to be or not that's that's your position you've taken that on it's, it's almost a statesman-like role in that regard and Lascelles has embraced that and improved upon that in terms of the relationship with Benitez that is key because as I said he's his on-field general he's also the guy in the dressing room who I know that him and Benitez have a lot of one-on-ones have a lot of time together where they sit down and they talk things through uh, basically throw ideas backwards and forth uh, to, to see what they can do going forward and clearly Benitez as captain supports what the manager wants and he wants to make it clear to the manager that, that this guy is is the one you need to hand the power to and you need to keep giving him that and it, it just shows a unity within the playing staff and the coaching staff which hopefully can be replicated by those above going forward On to Florian Lejeune uh, I mean if it was me grading yeah I think he deserves you're laughing but I think it would be B plus, I think he's coming in. He's improved. I think he's improved Lascelles. I think you're going to be lower mark than I have. So. I just wanted to be modest. <laughs> okay, I just give him, you know, A plus. I give him, I've given him A minus. I think that um, injuries obviously affected him early on, and first half of the season, those injuries prevented him from really adapting quickly to the Premier League. But since December onwards, he's been excellent. I think him and Lascelles complement each other well. One ball playing centre back in Lejeune, who just is calm as personified centre back. Him and Dubravka work so well together, and then you have Lascelles, who's uh, more of a no nonsense, a bit more of a leader. And uh, I just think that, that Lejeune is, is he's cut out the mistakes he made early on in his Newcastle career, where he was almost trying to play out too much. Now he knows when to play it, when to get rid. He's strengthened up. He's he wins everything in the air in both boxes, and yeah, I've been impressed with him. And I think just but for that early spell, he would have gotten even higher mark as well. He seems to be the man that Benitez kind of talks to on the touchline to pass messages on to 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 other people. Yeah, Benitez likes. He, he talks about privately. He talks about having a brain. He likes a player who's his brain out on the pitch, and I think Dubravka kind of certain degrees that. That's what he wanted in, in goal, but he also wanted a centre back who can bring that and. He knows Lejeune reads the game so well, he can pick a pass, but he also knows when to drop, when to push. And so Benitez gives him messages and tells him just to keep him right in the game. And I think that the fact that uh, obviously Benitez is, is, speaks several different languages, Lejeune speaks a few languages now as well, knows French and Spanish very well, so English is proven. 
um, and Benitez knows he can get a message across to him. And I mean, what a pass of the ball. I mean, we talk about John Joe Shelby, of course, we will do in a little while, but I mean, Florian Lejeune can't half pass a ball like the best of them. Yeah, we haven't seen the Newcastle centre back do that for quite a number of years. It's it's refreshing, and I think in the Premier League now, certainly in modern day football, you need someone who's comfortable on the ball in defence and the centre of defence. And with Lejeune, Newcastle have that. Um, I just think that he can help start attacks by himself because he can spread those, those long passes, those diagonal passes, or even short, quick through balls, and I think he does that very well. Fantastic. Yeah, word for Keelan Clark, another one who obviously started the season with uh, Florian Lejeune against Spurs. Lejeune actually got injured. Um, kind of fallen out of favour. I mean, a lot of people had reservations when he was signed in the first place. Obviously proved himself very well in the championship. Would, you, would we say that the level has been found, or is that a bit unfair on Kevin Clark? I think that's a little bit unfair. I've given him a C plus. I think he started the season well. He actually started the season as first choice defender alongside Lejeune. Um, and I think he's still a dependable option, which is strange because when he left Villa, that was almost seen as the opposite of, of what he was in the Premier League. He was seen as a mistake waiting to happen. Um, I just think in recent months, the form of Lascelles and Lejeune has, has kept Clark out of the team, but when he has been called upon the odd time, I think he's done okay, not too bad at all. And as a third or fourth choice centre back, I think he's he's a reasonable option to have. So yeah, I think I, I, I think he's a good body to have around. He's a good voice in the dressing room, good character, and so I'm being reasonably impressed with him. Yeah, he just happens to be behind two centre backs who are playing very well. But again, I suppose it kind of just personifies the atmosphere within the group because you have players who, like Clark, like Elliot, who could be. In a first team, maybe not at the level Newcastle might want to be. Maybe you know the top end of the championship. Perhaps they obviously want first team football. Your career doesn't last forever, um, but they're not kicking off about it. They're, they're working hard. They're getting you know their feet on the training ground, and and they're still a big part of the of the, of the squad. Yeah, well, I think that you've seen with a lot of these players that either know the direction the club's heading if Benitez stays, is that it's on the up, and they know they they're improving as players. But also, I think that a lot of them feel the vast majority of them feel if they're not on the team they will be given a chance but that's when their level goes above some of their players who are playing and I don't think Clark could really argue with the fact that Lejeune and the Cells have been playing so well he can't really get in the team and so he, he wouldn't be someone who just complained for that reason so um, yeah I think it does show that there's a good there's a good atmosphere in the group which is far removed from what it was two years ago Brands. Uh, I mean, have you given Mbemba a little bit of a grade? I have given Mbemba a grade, yeah. I've given him an E. Um, fallen horribly out of favour. Hasn't been seen in 2018. Doesn't seem to follow instructions that Benitez wants. Hearing whispers that behind the scenes hasn't necessarily shown the work I think Benitez would expect. And I have to be honest, if he's here come August, and I think we can safely say that Transfer business has not gone exactly according to plan for Benitez because he will be one of the first out of the door if possible this summer. I mean, can you go into a little bit more depth of that? Because he's a bit like Mervich in a way that the fans do have a little, little place in the heart for him. Um, and the questions are the art questions, especially when it was going bad, why he wasn't given a look in. Um, is it because, like you say, Benitez you know, wants people who can follow the, 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 the instruction he gives and, and Benitez just doesn't do that? That's it to a certain degree. Communication issues are still a problem. Remember, still can't speak English very well. Uh, Benitez sat him down in the summer of 2016 and told him to learn English, uh, improve his English, 
two years on, we're still an much further forward with that. Um, following instructions doesn't necessarily do as Peter wants him to do. Um, can show those fancy damn little bits where he, he goes forward with the ball but doesn't always necessarily carry out set piece instructions or be in the position Benitez wants or drop off when he tells him to but also just general attitude around the training ground I think that there's been situations where he hasn't necessarily turned up on time or hasn't put the effort in in training and all of this has just had a cumulative effect of he's nowhere near getting a place in the team Sadio Adara and Jesus Gammers were ahead of him come the end of the season and that really says all you need to know about him um, and I certainly expect him to go this summer if Peneas gets his way On to Paul Dummett um, has his critics but since he came back in the squads um, I think it was what December against Manchester City I think it was what a mass massive improvement I mean he, but he's balanced the defence out obviously still a little bit of his game he can improve but Newcastle United do look like a better defensive setup when he's back yeah, very much so. I've given him the minus. Missed the first half of the season through injury. And the the impact he had in those first five or six games in terms of solidifying the defence, when he still didn't have that much match fitness at that stage, just says all you need to know about what he brings. He isn't the fanciest going forward. He isn't the best in attack. But he knows what his strengths are. He's very good defensively. He's dependable. Listens to what Benitez wants him to do. Keeps improving uh, week on week under Benitez. And... I think that the fact that you now hear fans singing his name on Sunday, we heard a few of Paul Dummett, he's one of our own, shows you that he's probably getting more appreciation now than he did before because now they're back in the Premier League, he's playing week in, week out under Rafa Benitez and Rafa Benitez really values his input in the team. That's a good slide challenge. He does, yeah. And it was strange because when Newcastle went off the boil for those last for those four games losing run, first three of them, Dummett, who was usually Mr Consistent, was one of the worst players during that time which is very strange for him but he recovered um, and played very well again on Saturday as he did at Wembley and I just think that usually the reason that was such a surprise is you, you don't really see him very often have a bad game and uh, rightly he's, he's now getting the recognition from fans he probably deserves and Hadara who obviously came off the bench at Chelsea for his last appearance in Newcastle night shit a player with I, I wouldn't think it'd be unfair to say a player with huge potential just never happened. Yeah, I think he did have huge potential. I think that's gone now. He's 25. I've given him an E. It's harsh because he only played three minutes, but at the same time, he only played three minutes, which says a lot because he has actually been fit or close to fit most of the season. Uh, so it's tough to judge him on that, but he got three minutes as a goodbye appearance on Sunday. But he has thought he was a good character to have in the round. He didn't have any problem with him personally and professionally. Just injuries and Lots of other factors have contributed to him not really ever getting off the ground at Newcastle from the early promise he had and hopefully goes somewhere and does all right and manages to make a career for himself because it just hasn't happened for him in Newcastle. With him leaving, Gamma's likely to leave, you would say, man, you know, potentially, Newcastle are going to have to bring in, what, two, two full-backs? Yeah, I'd say two full-backs or certainly versatile defenders, so someone who could play centre-back or full-back. Chancellor and Bemba could go as well so I think that defence is somewhere we could see quite a few players brought in because um, as you say that's only three or four we could go there I'm assuming if I ask for your defender of the season it will be Jamal Lascelles yeah he's my player of the season so yeah he gets defender of the season well, I just checked well, just just, no, just, just, it, it, seems, it seems an obvious point sorry everyone at home that I had to explain that I, well, I just wanted to, to make sure <laughs> you know um, anyway goodness me 
on the midfield now, um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with one player who many might argue is the player of the season in Modi Army. Um, if we had said this in November of 2017, a lot of people would have laughed you out of the studio. Yeah, um, but I mean, what a what a uh, turnaround he's had in his career. He has. If we'd been marking this in November, I think you would have been getting a D, possibly. But I've given him an A just because since the West Ham away game in particular, his former club when he scored, from that point on, I think he's just been consistently excellent. He's been a colossus in the middle. I think arguably the most informed defensive midfielder in the Premier League in, the, in 2018. Outperformed Moussa Sissoko at Spurs, which I'm sure didn't come as a surprise to Newcastle fans. But outperformed in Golo Kante at the weekend, dominated against Man United, dominated in so many other games away at Leicester City and, and loads of other performances, and just as acted as a perfect foil for John Joe Shelby. And what a rebirth for him at Newcastle because the first 18 months really didn't look like it was going to happen for him, but he's just he's found confidence. You can see he's now comfortable in his skin, he knows his role in the team, and playing games week in, week out he's really got his match fitness back up again and, and just as a powerhouse in the middle and, and it's I've just been so impressed with him every single game you almost think people want you to stop tweeting out or writing your match report the more has been excellent in recent weeks but you can't because he has been that good the challenge for him is after a summer off can he come back and show that again in, in, in August that's going to be the big challenge for him and I hope he can because I just think he's been a revelation so far as yeah why do you think it took so long for him to kind of show what kind of player he is? Because I, watching pre-season, I, you saw little bits of him playing in this defensive role, being the, the enforcer in a way. Uh, you know, little glimpses, but it wasn't until, like you say, maybe the West Ham game, then then, then after the weeks, months after that, that we've really seen him come in in this role. I mean, was Benitez being overly cautious? What was it? Do you think he... Yeah. I think last year was a setback for him personally. I don't know if he necessarily knew he was going to be playing number 10 roles much. I know he didn't necessarily enjoy that that much because he, he feels more comfortable facing towards goal, being able to drive forward and, and to be destructive in that regard. Whereas Benitez wanted him to play a bit more of his back to goal, be that link man. And he did it okay, he did a reasonable job, but never really filled it. Then last summer, Benitez decided when we get back to the Premier League, he's one of my midfielders. And I just think that he hadn't really rediscovered his confidence. He had a couple of niggles here and there, was in and out of the team and was struggling to really capture uh, his top form. And I think it's just, it's just a couple of, of things went his way. West Ham, he got the goal, got a bit of a run in the team. And you could see as soon as a bit of confidence was there and him and Shelby developed a bit of a partnership, which I'm not sure any of us really saw blossoming as, as, as a midfield too. And he, he shone from there. I remember asking Peter's about Diaby out in Spain. And... He was quite spiky about it, Benitez. He was quite. He thought fans, some a certain section of fans, had been too quick to have a go at him personally about the Diarmi situation. That he played him number ten and didn't realise he was a midfielder. And he said, "I knew all along he was a midfielder, but in the Championship, I thought he'd give us something different there. In the Premier League, I always thought he would come good." And so I think there was almost a. I told you so there from Benitez, but I think if we even asked Benitez in December. November would Diarmi be playing how he is now? I don't think he would have been able to predict that either. Do we give some credit to Jamal Asals for the uh, well I've knocking it out of him, shall we say? Well, possibly. I mean, his form has improved dramatically. It wasn't straight after then, but not too far afterwards. And perhaps whatever Lascelles allegedly said to him, which included 
terms such as he thought he'd been lazy in training wasn't possible maybe it was a bit of a kick up the backside Diarmi needed and I think that if you ask ourselves now to, to judge Diarmi I don't think he'd be using the term lazy about uh, the midfielder because he's been absolutely everywhere Fantastic Lance who is now essentially his midfield partner another person who's had a, a brilliant 2018 and just in case the FA are listening uh, Gav uh, Southgate apparently isn't going to take him because he doesn't think isn't going to take sorry John Joe Shelby because he doesn't think he can trust his discipline and if he will be a good tourist whatever that means he hasn't been booked all year he hasn't been booked in 2018 uh, opening day of the season we had the red card and at that point struggled for a couple of months got the red card against Everton which was a different red card that was two yellow cards um, but in 2018 hasn't had any yellow cards haven't been any disciplinary issues behind the scenes he's really knuckled down looks fit looks motivated he did last pre-season actually and I think that that red card in the opening day really set him back a little bit but he's worked hard discipline wise he's worked hard on trying to control himself and, and, and really just let his football do the talking and, and in the last three four months I think he's been one of the most informed attacking midfielder Premier League people point to the fact I was on the radio this morning a radio station down in London and they were saying oh but you look he's only scored one goal and provided three assists statistics can tell you something and they can tell you nothing because anyone who watches Newcastle again we get will know that the vast majority of goals at some point John Joe Shelby has had a role in that whether that's to set the person out down the wing to cross in the ball so that that, that person gets the assist but it's John Joe Shelby's ball that's opened up the defence so Shelby has, has been pushing the defence back and then Newcastle have scored from it um, I, I'm just shocked if Gareth Southgate thinks that this is a better option in midfield if he, if he does have concerns about disciplinary wise about being a tourist I would just counter with well you should have called him up to the squad to find that out for yourself if you then make the decision that's fair enough but to have just disregarded him on hearsay and gossip as it seems that he allegedly has done I, I just find that baffling because I've given him an A because I just think he's since Christmas onwards been if if Shelby plays well Newcastle play well and that is almost the be all and end all of it uh, quotes do you say sticks statistics no. statistics can tell you something and nothing unless it's something um, John DeShelby I think is I'll just have a look at this on the Premier League.com he's fifth in the list of uh, the players who've got the through balls for this season so that's 21 um, so like you say he is key in the attack he just probably doesn't get well, he doesn't get the final pass um, and it's just bizarre that it looks like he's going to at least miss out on the preliminary squad yeah I, just, I feel sorry for Shelby himself and this is a strange thing I don't know if I'd ever say that because he, as we know he's been a respected character we've said before he hasn't chatted to local journalists basically all season but it does mean a heck of a lot to him. You can see it has, I know, for a good couple of months. I know it really hurt him when Newcastle were out in Spain. He was really hurt those couple of weeks because he hadn't been called up the England squad when he thought he might have got a call up for that final squad before this one, which is going to be announced this week. And I just think he deserves it. I think he deserves it on, on, on football terms. And I think that he could make a difference out in Russia. And he, he's going to be gutted by that, but he, he needs to... to lift himself up and make sure he's ready for the new season because uh, he's going to be crucial in Newcastle again next year if he can keep playing like this then he has a future under Benitez and there was a stage where I wasn't sure he was a Benitez type player but I think he has moulded himself into that and he himself has even said that Benitez is crucial for the 
the future of this club. Apologies if you can hear some uh, drilling in the background. We are getting the lift fixed, and I'm assuming that the workmen have just come back, and maybe from a break, and have started drilling the door. So apologies if you can hear that in the background. Hopefully Chris's delicate tones will drown it out. Um, just staying on, shall we? Uh, Tom Bernstein from the Daily Mail. Um, <laughs> Joe. Joe. Tom. Joe. Joe. Apologies. Well, Joe uh, picked Tom Huddleston and Jack Grealish for his England squad calling Tom Huddleston the best passer of the ball available to England. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone's going to have different opinions on different bits, I suppose. The problem is, we see Shelby week in, week out. He's see the players week in, week out. I think he's largely based in Manchester and Liverpool, Joe Bernstein, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticise him for his own opinion. Everyone's got their, their own different opinions on who should be here, there or anywhere, but I'm sure Newcastle fans would, would, would tell you that Shelby is probably the most naturally gifted passer they've seen at Newcastle in the last few years and certainly to teams who've come up to play them in the last couple of years but it's a debate which is there's always going to be debate about England squad there's always going to be debate about who should be in there personally I think the vast majority of people on Timeside think Shelby should be others have different ideas and it looks like unfortunately he isn't going to be very important though that he, he takes the rejection well gets his head down and continues the good form we've seen uh, at the end of this season and takes it into the next one he does and if England have a reasonable enough World Cup and Gareth Southgate stays as manager then it sounds like Shelby's going to struggle again in the squad even in the medium term which is a shame but he just needs to put that on one side and concentrate on being the best he can be for Newcastle because he's been excellent so far in 2018 and if he keeps that singular focus I think he can excel again uh, sticking with the midfield then uh, Isaac Hayden 29 appearances this season um, he said a few weeks ago that he's, he's had to be patient he's going to keep working hard obviously he came off the bench there against Chelsea good, another good person to have around the, around the dressing room you know he's quite versatile can play you know across the midfield in a way um, we, we, it's hard to say will we expect them more because I don't think we have expected to be the first team member what have you, what have you given him? I've given him a C plus. I think it's a, a reasonable first season in the Premier League for him. It was always likely to be a transitional season for him. He's not played in the Premier League before. Yes, he was on Arsenal's books, but most of his career has been in the Championship. And I think that he started the season well. First half of the season was in that the team. Since Diarmi and Shelby have really excelled, he, he struggled to get back in that side. And um, as you said, he's been patient. You can't really complain about the fact he hasn't been in the team. And I think he will get better going forward. He is useful because he's versatile. He can play defensive midfield. He can play right back. He can play centre back. Even played right wing at the weekend very briefly, but I don't see him there much more going forward. So, yeah, I think that it's been a bit of a transitional year, but I think next season he'll be better for it. Uh, Mikel Marino. Now, when you know when he first started, um, everyone was raving about him. He had a brilliant start his Cast United career, but when he ended up making twenty five first team appearances this season, started 15, 15 of them. Um, Scoring just one goal. <laughs> Again, he's debut Premier League season. A lot expected of him. Another young player. I mean, it, it kind of hasn't gone the way that everyone had hoped it, it would have. No, I have to be honest. I think this was the hardest mark to give because up until October, it will probably be an A. And then from then onwards, it's really gone downhill. And I've got, I've settled for C minus. I just think that he had that magnificent first two months in a back injury with which hampered his progress. 
struggle to get back up to the, the same levels he was before was playing when he wasn't 100% fit and then I think that maybe in training he hasn't quite impressed enough to really push his way back into the team I think he's become a little bit frustrated with his lack of opportunities I know his agent's quite vocal as well and there's obviously the, the, the persistent links to Athletic Bilbao so disappointing in the end and it's a, one of those ones where now two months ago I was confident he would still be here after the end of the summer now I think it's touch and go and I wouldn't be overly surprised if he went but I think Benitez would prefer to keep him because he still thinks he has a future Do you think he's got a, a want to go back to Spain or to just move on somewhere where he's going to get guaranteed first team football? Well he said last week that he wanted to go and clear his head this summer I think he wants more first team football Um it's whether Benitez can convince him and his agent and his family because his dad's an ex-footballer I think his dad would quite like him to play a bit more whether they can convince him that Newcastle still plays for him uh, so as I say I think that one's a little bit up in the air at the moment On to the wingers now start with Matt Ritchie who um, obviously scored a lot of goals last season in the Championship didn't have uh, the best start to the Premier League uh, season obviously had, I think he went to like was it 40 odd shots um, without a goal, it was the longest in Premier League before that winning goal against Manchester United. Um, but since that goal, that game against Manchester United, we saw the Richie of old, really. And he, he came out of his shell in a way. He was the player that we, we saw in the Championship. He was the player that convinced Newcastle to spend, what was it, 11, 12, 30 million on 12 million, yeah. I've given him an A. Um, I was under an R as to whether it should be an A minus or maybe even a B plus. But I just think that I thought back and that first six to eight game spell when Newcastle played well, Shelby, uh, Richie got a lot of assists. His intensity and dynamism was important for Newcastle. Then when he went through a poor spell, the team went through a poor spell, but he scored that goal against Man United, which really propelled Newcastle through the second half of the season. He came good at the time they needed to become good, and I think that, like Shelby, if Richie's playing well and Newcastle play well and he, he just sort of is he's got an infectious nature about him which rubs off on his teammates. I think he's very important to that side. So that's why he's got bumped up to an A. Brilliant. And you know that good communicator, I don't know if this is kind of well, I I'm gonna say it isn't body didn't what Rafa Benitez kind of the message he sends out to his squad because you know, speaking to Yed and I asked him about playing with Matt Richie and you can hear him shouting and he said well if there was no one in the ground you'd, you'd be the loudest and it was like well actually even when everyone's in the ground he's still the loudest you know he's he's, he's urging the players on he says yeah it's not just me it's, it's, it's across the board he's, he's a leader he's a communicator and you know he's helped a lot of people's game game on he has there was a really good interview with him in the programme uh, on Saturday, Sunday for the game thoroughly recommend people to get the programme for the games because I think they are very good and that's just a side note but it, in this interview he's talking about it's just he's, he hates losing he says he, he, as soon as he goes home if the, his, his wife knows if he's lost a game because he's just in a huff and his little kids now help him cheer up a game but it used to be terrible because he hates that and so he wants to give everything out on the pitch because he wants to leave as a winner and he, he wants other people to give the effort he gives so he shouts at them he tells them where they need to be and he says that, that him, Lascelles and Gale are the three people in the, in the dressing room who the other players probably hate most of the time just because they're just on them all the time. They're, 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 they're driving standards, they're trying to push people on. And I think that just sums up Matt Ritchie, just endless energy and desire to improve. 
On the other side, uh, we'll go with Kennedy. Obviously, came in in January. He was the man that Rafa wanted the summer prior to that. Came in, and you would say, it sounds stupid again, but he played a vital role in Newcastle United's Cuban Premier League safety. And a player that fans have wanted for a long time, you know, gets them off their seat. He's not afraid to run players. If you're a kid watching him play, I mean, it must be so inspirational because you just see him bombing down the line. He's not afraid to take a player on, and that's sometimes what you need in football, isn't it? Yeah, I think during the period when Newcastle was struggling, they didn't have... Some of the players you could see weren't overly confident in receiving possession, didn't always want the ball. Kennedy, no matter where he is on the pitch, he just wants possession. He wants to be able to get the ball and try and make something happen. He's quick, he's powerful... He's still raw in a lot of regard, and that's where what excites me about him. There is still a lot of work to do with him to get the maximum out of him. Tailed off a little bit towards the end of the season, which is why I've given him an A. If he'd shown the heights that he did at some point, I think it would have even been an A plus, but I've given him an A. And I just think he brings pace, power, ingenuity, and if Newcastle can get him back, be it for another season on loan or on a permanent basis, I think they should because. I think under Rafa Benitez, he can really hone his skills further and he seemed to love his time here. He was embraced by supporters and I just thought he brought something different to Newcastle and something that they needed, that, that X factor, that, that difference maker which they really needed who can win your games. For all his attacking ability, I mean, I think we've said this before, you can compare him to Hatton Ben Arfa, maybe even David Ginola, two players who are very well known for their attacking ability but not tracking back but Kennedy was, was up and down you know the pitch like, like there was no tomorrow it was great to see him in games getting back helping dumb out and effectively in a way making it it would have been what a back six because Richie was doing the same on the other side as well you know an all rounded game I mean, that's not that's not easy to do you've got to be a very uh, skilled player to do that but also you've got to be very fit as well you, do, and you can see he is just naturally fit but also works very hard on that and I think almost some Benitez has almost had calmed down at times because he just works so hard and he's always a bundle of energy and running up and down and yeah he's willing to do that and just one of a better term do it the other side of the game we saw him do it at Liverpool he did, he's done it in a couple of other matches and I personally like to see him when he's let off the leash a little bit I think that we've seen a few times where you've wanted him to get the ball and he, Newcastle haven't necessarily got the ball to him enough in space and maybe that's because teams know the damage he can bring but then he, he doesn't get huffy about that he will just work hard and, and contribute to the rest of the team and so he's been a good character to have around which Newcastle had to get a lot of character references around Binias had to speak a lot of people including David Luiz who he knows very well just to check that the the reports that he'd heard about Kennedy, they weren't going to settle the group and clear it hasn't. So that's a manager hearing things about bad temperament, asking someone close to the player and being told, no, he's all right. And also find it out for yourself. I so. mean, who could possibly use that advice? <coughs> Gareth Southgate. Um, anyway, um, moving on to Jacob Murphy now, a player who was bought knowing that he wasn't necessarily going to be first team uh, this season. A lot of money nonetheless spent on him. Um, there's no doubt an, an exciting young player potential is huge we've seen in glimpses what he can do in the Man City game for instance had a decent game against Chelsea but we've also seen the, kind of the, the poor games the poorer side of Jacob Murphy where he's just looked maybe too lightweight he's been pushed off the ball the, the, the final ball hasn't come off his confidence is shot he seems like a confidence player and if it is down then you're not getting anywhere with him 
I think he is a confidence player. I've given him a C minus. I think he's been too harshly criticised by some. There have been a few poor performances in there, like against Watford and a few others, but I also think we've seen glimpses of what he can bring. A weight man United, a weight man City. Even on Sunday to a certain degree, he obviously had a key role in the first goal and there was times where he really caused problems down that side, that left-hand side. I just think it was a year where Benitez wanted him to learn a lot. He wanted him to learn how to defend in the Premier League, to, to when to make the runs, when not to go, just to really acclimatise to it. And It's been frustrating for Murphy, there's no doubt about that. Um, and He must kick on next year, he has to kick on next year, but I think that we will see the better of him going forward. Fingers crossed, because I think that the fans seem to like him. They know that he kind of, again, embodies what Newcastle United fans like in a winger, you know, who's not afraid to run at defenders. But it does seem like he does need a bit, bit more work. Yeah, he does need a bit more work, and I think he needs... Uh, I think he's another player who, the more he plays, the better he looks, and when he had a bit of a run in the team, he did well. It was... A shame for him personally when Kennedy came in because he got basically bumped out of the team but that is the level that has raised everyone's level and that, that's where he needs to get to so I, I certainly think there is a player in there it's just about being consistent and making sure that he does start to believe in himself a little bit more uh, Do you think he'll go on loan? I think it depends on the business Newcastle do this summer um, a loan move might not be the worst thing for him but equally um, he could if he impresses the pre-season he could yeah, push himself into that team. Fantastic. Right, on to Mr. Now, Christian Atsu. He's another player who kind of splits opinion. Again, a quick player. He was not afraid to run with the ball. Uh, final ball sometimes lacking. It's a difficult one because, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm a fan of him. He's never going to be probably the first team player that he, he would hope to be in Newcastle, but I think he's an important first team squad member. He is. I've given him a C. Um, I think he lacks end product at times. I don't think he gets the assists and the goals that I think even he would admit he needs more of. He's obviously been to Bournemouth and Everton and other places in the past and hasn't happened for him. But at Newcastle, I think that at times this season when they've needed him, he's come good away at West Ham, a few of their games where when he is just told to take on his defender and when he does that, he can cause havoc. Um, and that's why I think he deserves to see. He struggled for game time again since Kennedy's come in, hasn't really had that much of a look in. But I think he has had a reasonable season. I think he's a decent squad member to have because he can cover in a few different positions. Still think there's a bit of development for him to do. Don't think he's ever going to be nailed on first team starter, but I, I have do think he's an important member of that squad. And just, I know these players didn't, didn't feature this this year well I mean just briefly we on someone like Victor Fernandez who obviously under 23s there's a few players bouncing around who are going to hope to break in at least FA Cup League appearances the likes of Dan Borlaza the likes of Victor Fernandez. now Victor Fernandez went away in the summer to Ireland went away to the Spanish training camp um, in, the, in the winter there do you foresee him again maybe going away again in the summer in pre-season and then what's next for him I think he could go away to Ireland um, Newcastle go back to Ireland as we know I think he could get a chance there, a little bit of time to train with the team. And then I think he needs a loan move. I don't think he's ready for first team yet. A few glimpses of him out in Spain, but 
he needs to gain physicality wise bulk up a little bit needs a bit of first team football I think the same for Dan Bolle is that he needs to go he needs a better loan move than he got a crew These, they need to go places where they're going to play the manager who's going to trust them and is going to give them the opportunity um, in terms of the end of the 23 system in general Rafa would like to restructure that and like to restructure it significantly that's part of his talks on going a lot of players have been released there's not that many who are going to have been retained and Benitez wants to basically slim it down, make sure the players who are there are people they generally think could break into the first team. I think a lot of players who've been in and around that set haven't been. Barlesa and Fernandez still count in that regard, and that's what Benitez wants. He wants it to be an actual, so he can supplement his first team squad with a few of those players, and I don't think he's felt he's been able to do that yet. Right, so we'll go with the centre midfielder of the FU. Season. Well, just before we go that, I've got Rolando Ahrens because he made a couple of appearances. I'm going to give you. Go on then. For any person who's been out on loan as well, I've decided to slightly include their loan move in it. The only I've only included people who've made Premier League appearances. I've given Rolando Ahrens a D minus. Only 137 minutes for Newcastle, relegated with Hellas Verona, problems off the pitch, and I just think that he he risks at the moment being a huge talent that could potentially be largely unfulfilled next season is huge from and he really needs to kick on whether that be on loan or whether he presses in first team training because I think his attitude has been questionable behind the scenes at times I think Rafa Benitez hasn't always been impressed with it he's someone who could get better on Risavi I've given a T plus uh, only one Premier League appearance which was an up and down game obviously the howl at the start scores a wonderful free kick played quite well someone who Benitez has always liked as a person Thinks he has quality as a player as well, just never really seen him as a Premier League player. I don't think he necessarily has the physicality. He's been in and out of the team on loan at Savissa Sport, I think that's how you say it. Um, so he's someone who could leave this summer uh, if they can get his wages off the books. I think they would just to, to free up a bit of space. So, what was the question they asked? The question was the centre midfielder of the year for you, season? a toss up between Shelby and Diarmid I'm going to plump for Diarmid just because I didn't think I'd be seeing that come the end of the season well, no, I thought you were going to sit on the fence uh, winger of the season I'm going to guess Matt Ritchie is it was a Kennedy actually no I'm going to go for Matt Ritchie uh, just because he's been here the whole season and just because I think as I said I think that he embodies what's good about Newcastle but just ahead of Kennedy overall then midfielder midfielder uh, more Diarmid just because uh, I think he shows progression of this squad as well and how everyone's raised their levels and uh, really is a great I think it's a great story how he's, how he's come back and impressed so he's a lovely bloke as well so. just in case you were wondering there more Chris says you are a lovely bloke now on to strikers on the forwards um, we'll, we'll start with that you obviously more of a tackling fielder I mean I think it'd be fair to say within the last kind of two months if he hadn't found his goal scoring touch the form which has always kind of been his downside in the way you know he hasn't really been a, a prolific in front of goal it's fair to say Newcastle United probably wouldn't have been looking as comfortable as they were with five games to go no that wouldn't be um, I've given him an A and the reason I've given him an A is that even before the start of January which is when he started scoring really, I think he only had one before January or certainly one in the league and it's, 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 it's 10 overall come the end he was doing exactly what Benitez wanted to do in that number 10 role. He was always in the team in the big games. He was doing a lot of unseen work, a lot of the stuff Benitez wanted to do off the ball. And in the last two months of the season, some of the goals he scored 
both in terms of importance and quality in terms of execution, I think has been sublime to a certain degree. Excellent goals on Sunday, big goals and big games. And I just, I, I think that he's become an influential. He's gone to that pillar patch recently, but he's become influential in that team. And I think he's someone you could see if he is given the chance to flourish under Benitez, really could. Um, I didn't, two years ago, I didn't really know where he fit into the team at times. I didn't really know what his role was. And, and he's, he's really found that for himself. And yeah, I think he's, I think he's been very, very positive all year. So you'd have to talk about a new number 10 coming in again. I was Perez is another one who said, yeah, competition, let's do it. Let's, let's have that on the training pitch. He's largely been left to his own devices in that instance because there has been no one who has gone anywhere near him. Um, we expect someone, given the budget and what have you, that number 10 will come in. Um, will he still be... I mean, obviously, we, we can guess who might come in. It'll probably be a very good player and Benitez won't just bring anyone in. Do you think... Perez will still be the, the number one in the ten in the number ten. That's quite difficult to say. The number one choice in the number ten role. I think he'll be given the chance to prove that he should be in pre-season, and I think that the beauty of Perez, as I've said, he's a bit versatile. He could even play alongside another attacking midfielder if Benitez tweaks the system or if Perez plays slightly out further out wide or, or whatever it may be. So I certainly think he'll still have an important role in the first team next year. Brilliant. On to Dwight Gale now. I don't think anyone can doubt his um, effort, work ethic. Um, you know, runs like there's no tomorrow. His all-round game has definitely improved, but goodness me, I mean, he's missed some sitters this season. And for a man who came in knowing that there was lots of doubts over his Premier League ability, um, was keen to prove himself, it, it hasn't gone quite to plan. It hasn't, no, and I think a lot of people are actually really surprised at how high my grade is from having a B minus. And the reason I've done that is that six is not enough goals for a Premier League striker. Let's, let's get that straight first with the, with the amount of periods he's had for the chances he's had. But it's no coincidence that Newcastle's form's improved in 2018 once he's been the central striker again. His all round game has improved immeasurably. He's had an important role in that side, and unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to add those goals in. So. He has been crucial to what Newcastle have done this year, but one of the reasons why they can't kick on to the next level, in my opinion, is that Gale hasn't provided the goals, so I think they need to replace that in the team. So I still think he deserves a B minus, I think he deserves a reasonable grade, but I think going forward they need a uh, they need a proven top flight goal scorer. And as much as I apologise for the man next door drilling this, the uh, lift doors, I'm also going to apologise for Chris Woff's extremely squeaky shoes, which he's decided he's going to just like rubbed together all through the podcast like, apologies everyone yes goodness come on right um, lost championship teams have been linked to him Stoke are after him apparently um, full of the Dogo which they're looking like they, they may well do an interesting a bid might make this summer very interesting obviously it depends if Benitez gets you know the, he needs at least two strikers I know you'd argue so Gale goes as a third one I mean even if he gets the permission to go and get to two or three, which is a, a question in itself, bringing in that many new players in, in one position is also can also have maybe an, a negative effect because you know you bring in three brand new strikers who haven't played before, are going to lead the line, maybe a new number nine. You can't, you'd be forgiven for thinking that they won't all settle straight away. Yeah, and it's going to be a gamble to a certain degree on that, but that's the problem with having 
not delivered that in the last two, three, four windows even. So Newcastle have, have left Benitez in a position where he may need to do that. Gale may still be here next year, but if the significant offer from the likes of Stoke or Fulham, both of whom certainly do have interest in him, then, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle took it, but Benitez is going to need to know first he can bring in bodies because, as I say, he's going to already probably need at least one, probably two, maybe three strikers. So if, if Gale goes, then you need to be confident that you've already got some deals close to being done by that stage. On to Josh Lou, I mean, a man who, again, he seems very at home in Newcastle, a great character. But even on, on, on Sunday, given what a great game it was, he just looked a little bit out of place. He just, it just, he didn't look very happy when he came off the bench. He didn't look like, he, not, I don't know if fitted in is the wrong phrase, but he just didn't look right. Um, and again, it is a case, isn't it, that Benitez just, he needed a body and Jocely was was the man who he managed to get in he did I have to say I don't necessarily agree with you about Saturday, uh, Sunday I thought that actually it was one of Hossley's better games when he came on and only Castle themselves were playing very well but I thought that he linked up play well he was getting decent positions put himself about and in 2018 I think you've seen very much that Hossley was brought in because Benitez needed a striker he could only spend £5 million on a striker and that's what you get in the current market for £5 million. Someone who hadn't scored that many goals probably averages about a million pound a goal, which isn't that bad really considering how cheap he was. Um, and also, I think just as an all-round game, it's what Benitez, what he wanted someone he felt he could trust who was Spanish, was going to understand quickly the instructions he wanted to get through to him. And someone he knew was going to be a hard worker and a good influence and a good egg one of the better on the training ground. I think that's what he's been. He's not going to ever be a, a regular scorer in the, in the Premier League. I think that that's been proven now. We already thought before, and I think that's been shown. Just seems to snap a shot a little bit too much when he get when the pressure's on. So I think that if if Benitez can do all the business he wants this summer, then Hosslu could well go. But as a third or fourth backup striker. He may still be here next year because Newcastle are going to have to do a lot of their business as it is. Islam Slomani now. Man I give him a C- by the comment if I said that. C- for Joshua, there you go. Islam Slomani, man who clearly has a lot of ability. I think he's, I think it's fair to say the people we've spoken to down in the Midlands that are just up here at Leicester maybe, you know, feel like maybe, maybe has been treated a little harshly. I think given it a fair run, he could do something in the Premier League. We saw glimpses um, of it, obviously, his first appearance I think was against uh, against Huddersfield, was it? When he created absolute havoc in the box for Kennedy to then knock it across Diosi Perez to to fire home, and then you know he, his brief little cameo roles, he did all right. He did do okay. So he only managed 131 minutes, but in that time he played an important role in two key goals, really that one against Huddersfield, and then the winner against Arsenal so he has contributed something but injuries curtailed his involvement to begin with missed the first two months he was option Z really in January Benitez wasn't even on the list initially from the strikers Benitez tried to say they knew they were taking a gamble on him by that stage because he had a bit of a niggle thigh wise which turned out to be two months out and then I just think the, the brainless suspension he got at the end just stupid off the ball kick which really scuppered any of the slim hopes he may have had of moving Newcastle on a permanent basis. So I've given him a D, contributed a little bit, but really 
Newcastle left themselves in a position where they had to take a gamble and to gamble and didn't pay off. I mean, ironically, the kick out was Mitrovic esque in a way, which I think a lot of people had a bit of a chuckle at in a way. We'll get on to him in just a second. But he, I mean, obviously, he stayed after he got the suspension. Um, Benitez said, "Yeah, he's happy. We're happy to keep him. He can train." And then, you know, within the, within a moment, he was he was gone. He'd been sent packing. Now, did anything happen there? Or was it just a case both parties came to the decision it wasn't worth sticking it out? I think both parties just came to that decision. I don't think there was necessarily an element where it was they fell out or anything. I think Slomani just was realised that um, well, I'm not going to play. Do I need to still be up here? And I think that he read between the lines and saw that it wasn't going to be a permanent move up here. Benitez was impressed by his professionalism. He said Slomani apologised. He didn't have any issues with him personally um, and told him he liked the effort he put in in games and gave him a few pointers on where to improve going forward. I just think it was a one where both parties just knew it was a no-go, really. Now how will his move work out in terms of will Benitez be able to go to Mike Ashton and say, well, look, you didn't spend in the summer when I asked you. You didn't back me uh, you know, on a permanent deal with for Jorgsen, for instance, in January when I asked you. So I had to go for this man who ended up setting you back, what, two, three million pound loan fee, not to mention the, the odd thousand pound a week wages to appear three or four times. Or will Benita, or will Mike actually say, well, you know, in a way it worked and we're going to stick to the to the way I'm, I'm, I'm backing you at the moment. I'm not going to even pretend to tell you I can second guess what Mike Ashley's going to think. I don't know whether he's going to look at it in the way that he said initially. I don't know whether he's going to look at it and think, well, you signed a 29-year-old, regardless of his bottom of your list, you signed a 29-year-old and it hasn't worked, so we need to look younger. I don't know if he's going to look at it and say, as you say, well, it worked out. You had Mitrovic, he went out on loan, scored 12 goals. Why didn't he keep him here? I honestly couldn't second guess Mike Ashley, but I think that Benitez has, has been trying to make the not-so-subtle hints that he needs a quality striker in the last few weeks. We're gonna get well. We're gonna go on to Mitrovic now. Uh, with the first question, it's gonna seem a bit pointless than given you you answered the last one. Given Mitrovic's twelve goals this season, do you think Mike Ashley might say to Benitez, "Look, you're not getting a striker that you want. Use use Mitrovic. Give him a chance. Because if he does, then you can you can quite quickly see in whatever bridges maybe let's say built on quicksand quickly evaporating." I don't think Mike Ashley will say that one because as much as we criticise what Mike Ashley's done over the last two years, no player has been forced on Benitez. He hasn't been able to sign who he wanted to, but he hasn't been forced to sign anyone and he hasn't been forced to sell anyone. Um, and I don't think that the club will stand in his way if he says that the Mitrovic can go if they get a significant fee, which I think they will be able to command. Fulham obviously now in the Championship playoff final. They're interested in getting them regardless of where they come up, but if they do come up, then it's more likely that A, Mitrovic would be receptive to go in there, and B, they'd be able to afford them. I've given Mitrovic a C, which is a strangely high mark. If it was just on his Newcastle performances, I would have given him a D or an E. Uh, he scored, actually, a Premier League goal, but uh, work, I think, in training wasn't always there, didn't show the levels to Benitez that he deserved to be in the first team, um, and just decided it wasn't the answer. But the fact he's gone to Fulham, scored 12 goals since he's gone on loan, maybe is, is close to doubled his price during that time. I think he deserves a C because, as Benitez said, it was a win-win situation from him to go to, to Fulham and so it's proven to be. 
but he's procrastinated Kriyaz over. Yes. If, if Benitez gets his way this summer, yes. Uh, the striker then for you of the season? Well, forwards, I'm going to include, so I'll say I was here, Paris. Grand. Now, on to Rafa Benitez. He's done a miracle job. I don't know how he's not been included in the Elmay uh, shortlist. He is up for uh, the, the other Premier League manager, um, the, the Premier League manager of the year award. Um, miracle worker, or was that a bit too far? Maybe a little bit too far, although Benitez has used the term miracle a couple of times. He did uh, earlier to us in England, and he also said it again today in an interview with Spain. In Spain, sorry, with Marker. Um, he certainly worked wonders. It's on that six-man shortlist, the Premier League manager of the year, rightly so. And I think that what's impressed me up in this year is he's, he's raised the rhetoric off the pitch when he needed to, when he knew he could actively influence uh, the transfer market. So when it was when the transfer window was open or just before it opened, he raised the rhetoric of Mike Ashley, made it clear he needed additions, made it clear he needed money. Didn't always get as much as he wanted, but eventually eked out what he could from those two windows. But then once he couldn't influence that situation anymore, once it was a case of it's outside the transfer window and it's focused on games, he didn't complain, he didn't try and play politics. He focused on his team, he had a consistent message, both privately and publicly, to his players and to the to the press and to, to the fans. And... He's just been cool and consistent. Even during that nine-game losing run, he didn't lose his head. Other managers at other clubs, like Carlos Carvajal, as you've seen at Swansea in the last few weeks, completely changed his personality during that time. But he has said, we have to stay calm no matter what happens. We have to stay calm, wait until the end of the season. And the biggest compliment I can pay to him is that every single member of the starting eleven who ended the season is a better player than they were at the start of the season. And that's what he does. He's not just a manager, he's a coach. That's where he likes to be. And he's, he's coached those players well and, and got the very maximum out of a lot of them. And 10th place for that squad is, albeit with the lowest ever points total for a 10th place team, that is irrelevant. This is, it's a massive achievement that they managed to do that with that squad. Um, we'll not talk so I'll give him an A+. Plus, I a plus. We'll not talk too much about his future because we're going to hold a kind of a special podcast on Benitez's future. And you know, we're, we're obviously waiting for the story to move on a bit. Um, but briefly, I mean, linked to West Ham again yesterday, but that story goes round and round. Obviously, Leicester's still in the fold, but he's come out and said, Look, I'm only speaking to Newcastle United, not speaking to anybody else. I mean, in an ideal world, it's uh, surely an agreement can't be too far away. It shouldn't be, but for Benitez, it's about it's not just about transfer budgets. Even Michael Ashley came in and said, he has £100 million, which I don't expect him to do, by the way. I don't think he's going to have a budget of £100 million before anyone goes and says that. I've said that. But say if he did come in and, and hypothetically give him a figure, it's not just about money for Benitez. It's how he's able to spend that money. It's about off-field issues, about changing the training ground, about changing the academy, the under-23 setup. It's about changing the mentality of the club. He wants them to start thinking big. He wants them to start believing they can be better than they are now and can get up to a new level. So that may take time because it may take a little bit. He wants things up as soon as possible, but he also wants to know that the club, at the very least, understand where he's coming from and will try to move closer towards him in that regard. So um, you might think it's an easy thing, but it isn't just as simple as just, I need 
a certain figure to spend this summer. No, of course not, but it must be a little frustrating, like, um, for instance, today, today's Tuesday and today's news, Sam Aldice's feature is going to be decided within 48 hours, you know, Silva's tipped as the man to come straight in. Now, that's gone from him being in charge on Sunday, the likelihood that Aldice is going to be sacked or pushed, you know, whatever, within the next couple of days to Silva likely being in charge within the next week. That's, I mean, that's quick. I mean, why can't Newcastle do that? Not sack Benitez, by the way, but you know what I mean? Get it sorted, go into the summer, and let Benitez, you know, work. If things drag on for longer than a week and a half, two weeks, I'll agree with you, but just to do th- and we always say and I do think that Newcastle should do things quicker but just because you do something quickly doesn't mean you've done the right thing yeah. Everton have been gung-ho on what they've done over the last year 18 months it hasn't worked for them I think they thought for a long while that, that Sam Aldace wasn't going to be in charge so I don't and Marco Silva hasn't been in work so I think that this has been in the background for quite a while West Ham decided seemingly that Moyes is going to go although apparently there's a 25% chance he'll stay they're looking for who they can possibly get in. I think that as long as Newcastle and Benitez come out with the right conclusion, and by that I mean not just that Benitez stays, but that he is given at least some of what he wants and what he believes he needs going forward, then I don't have a problem if it takes a week or two. If it takes a longer than that, then that starts to eat in the summer plans and whatnot. But I think that it is easier once the season's over now. I just think it requires Mike Ashley to actually physically come and meet him or certainly speak directly with him. Yes, and who answers... Benitez will be in charge in the first day of the season. Yes. New contract signed. I can't give a yes or no answer. What I will give is a possibly, but at the moment I wouldn't necessarily say a long-term one. He may sign a year's extension or something like that or something with a get-out clause so that he can convince players to come. But in terms of a long-term deal, I'm sceptical at this stage. Positively, Chris, positively right. Um we are now well over an hour and I hope you guys are really enjoying it I think it's been quite interesting to hear Chris's uh, grading we'll briefly talk about Lee Charnley and Mike Ashley Lee Charnley your um, your grade I'm going to give him a C I think it's hard to judge Lee Charnley because I don't uh, A he's the only Premier League director or person in that position who is the only person in that role in a club so I think he has far too much on his plate I also think that he isn't allowed to run the club how he necessarily wants to or possibly more, not necessarily wants to, but how he he doesn't have free reign to do things. He has to run things by Meg Ashley and also Justin Barnes. So I think he's restricted in that regard. He still enjoys a good relationship with Rafa Benitez, although it's not as positive as he once was because of those restrictions that have been placed on him. So... I'm not going to blame him for a lot of the feelings that have happened in the transfer market this season because I don't think it's necessarily all been his fault. Grand Mike Ashley? E. I think that uh, confusion... Actually, no, I'm going to go E-. minus. I think confusion last summer uh, was created by him. January again, he was away on holiday and nothing happened and then he came back and it did happen. Um, he's allowed the situation with Benitez to, to drag on and on finally made a statement but still hasn't actually spoken to Benitez hasn't been to a home game all season uh, put the club up for sale and then allowed it to become a slanging match in public in January which just derailed everything uh, so I think that he has had a negative influence across the whole year and really needs to sit down with Benitez and just try to clarify things because I think that he's, he's let a dark cloud go over a situation where it should be sunshine and happiness 
Justin Barnes. I'm joking. I mean, I'm joking. I mean, we need to know what he does first and foremost. Um, fantastic. I mean, and obviously the last word just on, on the fans. I mean, brilliant. Um, just brilliant. I mean, obviously we've got the, the, the flag displays both from more flags and the Lisa's flags. And um, brilliant atmosphere. You know, St. James Park, back to how... I guess me and you remember growing up, growing up as a child, really, because there's been certain seasons, and you can't blame fans. Where it's, the atmosphere has dipped a little bit, but this season, it's you know, it's been brilliant. It has been excellent. I mean, Sunday was the loudest I'd heard it all season, but even then, it's been sellouts nearly every week. Away fans sold out just by every ground as they did last year. Benitez keeps referring to the fact they took nine thousand to one of the away games last year, more than some of the home teams. He's blown away by the support. The players really appreciate it. They know that that, that even if there's uh, some bitterness towards the hierarchy at the club, that the fans really appreciate the current team they see out on the pitch. And they really like the displays. I think it adds to the match, the atmosphere. And they just want to thank the supporters. And I think that if this continues going forward with, with the flag displays in both ends of stadium and just in general, the fans being behind the team connection with Benitez then hopefully it's the start of, of, of really positive times fantastic go on then great Newcastle United season and sum it up in a sentence in Newcastle United season I'm going to near and in a sentence I think uh, overachievement that's one word for you one word I love that when I ask you for one word you give us a sentence when I ask you for a sentence give us one word um, we'll not describe Chris's performance over the season that would be harsh I'm just joking everybody no we just want to say thank you very much for you guys for, yeah, for listening as well but, you know we're going to be doing podcasts still on a weekly basis hopefully throughout the season and you know so don't go anywhere keep following on Twitter and Facebook as well but a big thank you for listening um, and remember to get in touch with any you know topics or questions you guys have got as well we're more than happy to, to answer those and uh, yeah roll on I suppose the World Cup and then Premier League kickoff. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast, whether that be through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you may be listening through. And if you want to get involved with the podcast, you can do so via our social media channels. We're over on Twitter at Chronicle NUFC and on Facebook at the same handle, Chronicle NUFC. We want your questions, your topics, your feedbacks. So why don't you drop us a line and get in touch?